welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And uh, joining me, of course, is my co-host, Jimmy Lemke. Good future, everybody, because you're <laughs> and, in the future. Yes, and uh, Jimmy can be – you can find Jimmy on Twitter at PantherU, and you can follow the – and podcast. other things. And other things. <laughs> if you were following last episode, and other things. Um, and you can find the podcast uh, on Twitter as well at Horizon Round uh, RT. And uh, this is the second half of our second annual fan battle royale. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, real quick, we're going to reintroduce everybody. We'll, we're going to start with uh, where we're going to start with uh, Anthony over at uh, Oakland. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be, uh, you know, somebody new to this, but I'm uh, I'm learning quickly, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. All right, Anthony Galina, of course. Um, and then we got Chad Canodal over at uh, Milwaukee. Chad Canodal from Milwaukee. Um, second time doing the battle royale, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Um, then we got Jim Saro from uh, from Green Bay. Thanks for having me on, and I'm going to do less Battle Royale and bad jokes this time and more basketball, I promise. All right, awesome. Yeah. And then last but not least, of course, Ricky Redinger. How are we doing, guys? All right. All right, so um, so um, we're going to switch it up because uh, last, uh, last episode we talked a lot about uh, kind of the online fan experience, including the – uh, the, apparently the really bad one I've just recently had that I'm probably going to work inside out therapy. Baseball. Let's start talking about inside. outside basketball. Yeah. Outside basketball. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't need it yet. Anyway. So, um, so, um, one of the things I did want to bring up is the, is, is kind of the end of motor city madness. Um, so obviously, you know, the, of course, you know, uh, Unfortunately, we weren't able to get. Uh, we were going to have Troy Corns from uh, from Northern Kentucky come on, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it on. But um, I, I guess you know, in the in the years that we, you know, the, in the years of uh, of Motor City Madness, and you know, what, what's kind of everybody's takeaway from that, basically? Now that it is now is officially ended. Uh, you know, I think that I went to this last one. Uh, drove over, was a quick trip over, saw my team Green Bay lose, and then left after the women's team uh, lost in the, on Tuesday. I can say that I'm definitely going to miss the building. Like Little Caesars Arena is amazing. It is a really good spot to go and spend a day watching basketball. But one thing I got from talking to people affiliated with the team is that because it was the last year, everybody knew it was the last year, like the experience for the student athletes, the teams, like they're staying out in the boondocks. They didn't get their little gift bags that they got in the past. You could just tell that it had run its course and that nobody that was putting it together was that interested in it anymore. It wasn't like a big deal. Like year one, they, you know, 313 and Olympia treated it like a big deal. And in year four, it was just like, hey, let's get this thing over with and move on with our life. Ah, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, the, you're you're right. It did, you know, it, it. Well, I mean, when you even think about when they announced kind of the way it was structured this year, when you kind of when they kind of announced they were only going to have the the semifinals and the finals at Little Caesars Arena, when you saw that, um. 
you kind of thought, you know, the writing was on the wall. I mean, it was, it was just basically a, we're putting this together just because, and we're going to kind of wash our hands of it afterwards and then go after kind of the big 10 or whatever you guys want to, whatever, whatever Olympia is going to be doing now. So, um, and it's, that's, that's, that's too bad, but I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, look at this year, the the way the format played out. There was a Pistons game on the Sunday before the tournament started, mm-hmm. and there was KISS was the Wednesday after the tournament. The teams didn't even get to shoot around, from what I understand, in the arena. They were doing that over at UDM, I believe. Really? So they were really scaled down in terms of uh, time in the building. It was really an afterthought for Olympia this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it was an afterthought to begin with. Everybody, every, everybody knew that that shit was just about getting, you know, being a staging spot for them to show conferences that they can put on basketball conference tournaments. They're trying to get the big 10 tournament. They're trying to get like, you know, any number, any number of tournaments that can actually get them money at either the gate or from uh, whoever that's what they're doing. Yeah. And anybody who didn't anybody who didn't see through that from the beginning was just not trying or just doesn't understand the sports, and we got we got used, and we got used because we allowed it to happen. Well, and the only reason the only reason we allowed it to happen was because Campy could sell ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. In my opinion, absolutely. I mean, that happened after Oakland got in. Campy was all over from the beginning. Ray McCallum, when he would, when it first came in, and Ray was the coach, like he didn't really sell. He didn't really sell it that much. And maybe it was because he kind of knew the writing was on the wall for his own job at that point. But he, he wasn't pushing like, oh yeah, like oh, when somebody would ask him like about the tournament, he'd be like, oh yeah, that's kind of you know, it's kind of nice. Like it was Campy's show. Campy's the one that's got the, uh, you know, he's the one that's got the relationship with the people from Olympia. He's the one that's got all, you know, he's the one that, like Chad says, could sell a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves. Or maybe one of my favorite lines from Tommy Boy. Yep. <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter, fact of the matter is, is that this was about getting something good for Oakland. Kind of sucked for Oakland that they could never do anything with it. But <laughs> you know. I mean, it was it was it was a good good idea for him. Everybody else should have thought it was stupid. I mean, uh, Cleveland State, you know, fine because it's three hours away. But like, thank you. <laughs> you know, with it as it turned out, Jimmy personally didn't have a problem with it. I mean, honestly, I mean that's maybe it's because it was the proximity to proximity to Cleveland, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I mean, I didn't have an issue with it. I'd say this, as it turned out, we put our head up the stakes or put our head up the cow's ass instead of asking the butcher. <laughs> Did I get that Tommy Boy line right? Um, I, I, close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Right? But I think, you I, can I get a good look at your butcher. <laughs> I can, you, can, you can get a look, good look at the steak but by no, looking up it's gotta, the it's gotta be, to take the butcher's It's got to be your bull. <laughs> But with that said, you know, if I could, Olympia wants content, right? 
And yes. the one thing Horizon League fans never embraced it to give the, a chance. Like if this thing was making money over a four day p- format for them and 10,000 people were showing up, it, it'd still be there. I mean, I agree with what Jimmy said about they want other content too. But if, if Horizon League would have made it work, Horizon League fans would have made it work, they're not going to get rid of the event if it would have been working. It's is, just, it just wasn't this working. Is, this, this is the problem is that, yeah. that anybody thought that it could have worked in the, to begin with. The Horizon League is a fa- is a fan base where, what I mean, put it this way: Milwaukee at our peak, we get a couple hundred people to go to UIC or Loyola, which would be the like Loyola, which would be the closest the closest team to us in in my time in the Horizon League. Green Bay at its at its peak was sending like 200, 300 people down to Milwaukee. Valpo. Take away Milwaukee because Valpo has a shitload of alumni in Milwaukee, but Valpo to UIC would at most take like 300, 400 people to a game at UIC. Go across the conference. Nobody is traveling for conference games. Nobody's traveling to home games if you look at And and that's the other thing. Nobody goes to the damn home games either. So where where is this where is this idea? That everybody's going to respond and make this neutral site tournament at at this in Detroit, which, by the way, like 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 no offense to Detroit to everybody in Detroit, and the 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 two time the the time that I went to the Joe for uh, you know I, I've taken the trips to Detroit to watch games at Callahan Hall, and then I went to a Joe for a Red Wings game, and then the the time here for the Horizon League Championship in 2017, like I've I've enjoyed my time there. But people in Milwaukee and Green Bay and Chicago and Indianapolis and, you know, Fairborn, Dayton, Ohio and Cincinnati are not driving up to Detroit to spend a whole week like or, or, or five day weekend. Like they're not doing that. Nobody's doing that. Well, I just from a local standpoint here, I mean, I live in suburban Detroit, but you know, we have seen, and you've all heard that, you know, Detroit's uptick in, you know, in all of our economy and everything, but there are a lot of really cool things that you can do down there. My wife and I still go down even during the winter, but the thing that I think was challenging is I don't know why the league and or Olympia didn't plan more. And again, we were local, so we never had the experience of staying down there. It seemed to me like that wasn't even offered or exposed to the fans, where it's a full experience where you go down. Oh, dude, they they had. You go down to Greek Town, you could go over here to Midtown, and um, we have the mass transit that was put in, I think, a year and a half ago, where it takes you up and down Woodward. There were some cool things that I think. Did you not see all like the travel promotion stuff from the Horizon League? What's when that? they were doing when they were doing that first tournament, I heard all about Greek Town. Okay. I heard all about the the downtown, like the yeah. casino stuff. I heard all about the, those things. Yeah, we're, we're, is it this Jimmy, hey, you know, they were doing Jimmy put a hamstring doing yoga at the. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that a uh, yoga session one year. I pulled something. That's for sure. I mean, I'll tell you from again from a, a fan here at Oakland. I love the idea of the neutral site. And I know again we're newer to the league, and many of you are not. So the new the, the home site thing was a little foreign to us. We we came from the summit where you. I mean, granted, when I was there as a student and I was in the pet band, we would take twenty four hour bus trip down to Tulsa to Oral Roberts' home, and there and then we switched over and went to the to Sioux Falls. So we're talking 25, 30 hours that we were on a bus at times. 
to get up to conference tournaments. Now we move to yeah. the wrestling league. It's five hours, six, seven, maybe or so to get up to Green Bay. It's all driving distance compared to what we were used to in the summit. But I will say that as a student, so and, and even now, some of my greatest memories as a fan are at the conference tournament. So the idea of a neutral site, even now moving to Indy, I'm telling a lot of the students that are graduating, like, get your friends and go down there because it's going to be a blast to be for to feel that a little. We didn't get that locally, but it almost sounds like, you know, if 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 the Horizon Lake jumped to a neutral site, maybe Detroit and LCA was a little too big for uh, considering what we just talked about with the number of fans we have and what yes. we're doing. You know, it it's just certainly too big. And that's something else. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, that's good. something that something that college basketball fans need to start understanding is that as games are easier to see, uh, actually like fuck ESPN plus. Yeah, that, that sucked. Re- rest in peace, Horizon League Network. Yeah. Th- that's that yeah. But the uh, more, no, the, what pissed me off is like, okay, I you know I have ESPN Plus, but then I also have to have ESPN Three. I'm like, okay, awesome. Which was awesome. Which would have been fine if I didn't have Directv had, had didn't have Directv now at the time. Which the, 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 the point, the point, I'm, still. the point I'm getting at is that the the more games are accessible, and uh-huh. while Horizon League Network was fantastic, most people were looking at it on their browsers and stuff. And now with Roku's and Chromecast, like people are streaming to their televisions more. Yeah. So streaming has just become a lot more of a thing. There's things like Sling and Hulu and Netflix and all like all these things are they're great. As that becomes more available, people are finding less of a reason to get up out of their seat and go down to the arena to watch a game. And so naturally, you know, naturally college basketball is going to start losing fans a little bit, at least not losing the fans, but losing the people in the seats. So they got to do things to get people in the seats. And number two, like the size of the building needs to be a real, you know, real conversation piece. Like at Milwaukee, when we were looking at building an arena, when Koontz was AD, Koontz was saying, I want to build like 8,000, 9,000 seats. And we're all telling him like, dude, like 6,000 is probably perfect. The most, yeah. the most fans this school's ever averaged at a game is like 5,300. Let's, let's do more than that. Like, like, let's do more than that for sure. But like, you want to make it a tough ticket. And the part of the problem with the LCA or the Horizon League tournament in general is that it's not a tough ticket. It's not a tough ticket because fans who don't fans who don't there's not enough of them to go to their own home games and they not enough of them go to the away games. They're not fans there are not a lot of fans out there who are going to go to a neutral site tournament for the Horizon League. Hey Jimmy, you know how, one... how, how how many of the fans though really like how many of the fans that went to the Horizon League tournament in Detroit? How many of them were visiting from other cities and spending the whole tournament there? I, I'd wager very few people were there from Friday night yeah. through Tuesday. Yeah, I would true. wager very, very, very few people. I'd say, I'd say, if you take away people who work for the conference, people who work for the schools, and and competitors, I would say that there's that if there were fifty, I would be astounded. Well, in the, in the Summit League, we when we'd be down in Oklahoma, it would be all just ORU fans. Then when we head up to Sioux Falls you'd have a good contingency of SDSU, NDSU, and then that would be about it. So even there, 
they, the big thing for them was they had so many local fans that I think that's why it's working so well for them in Sioux Falls. Right. And the Horizon League, you mentioned how the Horizon League is a lot closer than the Summit League is overall. But the Summit League has a nucleus right along that eastern border with Minnesota where you've got yep. now you're now you now you got four fucking schools yep. that are yep. that are within a few hours drive of a and they're likely pretty and they're likely spread. adding another one. They're probably going to add Augustana, is what I understand, and and Omaha's not far down south of, of that either. So they've got really, re- really Augustana is considering a move to Division One. They approved a move to Division One. They are just waiting for a conference invite, and wow. the so the Sanford people are you know bankrolling that like the rest of those programs. So you can is, imagine where it's going to end up. Is Tom is Tom Billiter still the coach at Augustana or no? Yes. It, yeah. You know he was a he was a <laughs> chat chat remember this he was yes. uh, he was a he was up for the job when Jeter got fired at Milwaukee because Augustana won the Division Two national title that year and <laughs> somebody was posing as an Augustana fan on like our on our message boards. And they were, and and they were, they had a Twitter account. They were trying to feed me information about, oh, Augustana's head coach is going to get hired at UW Milwaukee as like the, you got, you should, you should go out there and report this. And I'm like, well, first off, because I, because I've fully sided with the players on this whole like feud with Amanda Braun, I'm not reporting anything right now. And number two, it's kind of weird that you're coming to me and you're not going to like journalists. So I did a little, uh, I did a little recon work, a little bit of intelligence gathering. And I found out that this person from Augustana college, who's a fan Augustana in South Dakota, this Augustana fan in South Dakota is actually has an IP address based in new Berlin, Wisconsin which is about mm, 15 minutes away from campus. Oh, geez. And I will not say who it is, uh, but I have some, I, 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 I have a buddy who works in tech and that bu- a buddy of mine found out the, a- found the address for the IP address, found who was living there and found that somebody who works, somebody who works for the university at oh, UWM. Geez was posing as this Dak Del Sur, which is, you <laughs> know, of Del course. Sur. Dak well, Del D- Sur, yep. <laughs> D-A-K, D-A-K, short in Dakota. Del Sur would be of the South, you know, the South in Spanish. So, you know, uh-huh. somebody's doing this. The person who did, the person who was, po- the person who had the IP address was is a Hispanic person who works for the university who just so happens to have connections with, uh, <clears throat> the athletic director. <laughs> Dak Del Sur is that going to be another one of your uh, your your? Oh, just go to, go, <laughs> go, to, uh, go to go to Panther U's website and and just do the search bar D A K D E L S U R and you will read it. Dak it's, Del it's, Sur. It's, it's it's fucking gold. Like they, tr- <laughs> they they tried to feed me like fake information to discredit me, and I'm just like I'm not reporting anything. Oh man, that's great. Just to just to let you know, like why there's some of the, like the animosity between me and you know certain athletic directors at my university. Like this is the kind of shit they would pull. 
Was that before or after she blocked you on Twitter? I think it might have been uh, after. Hey, we're both blocked on Twitter for the record. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She, she what, What's funny is that like uh, I follow her with Jimmy Lemke Twitter account, and she yeah. doesn't block. She doesn't block that. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the podcast. By Not the, yet. The podcast, she doesn't. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, you know, know what? If if it if it's gonna happen, it was gonna happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. This is. But yeah, the um. So hey, you know, Bob. One thing I was thinking about the Horizon League tournament moving forward. Yeah. And to something Anthony was talking about with like all the other parts of it, and, and what uh, Jimmy was talking about with like people aren't going to travel. Yeah. It is easier to watch on your 75 inch 4K TV in your house. However, right, right. It, one thing I think that the tournament was missing is access. Like I think of Missouri Valley. One of my friends is a Bradley alum, and he sent yeah. me a text message one morning. He's like, "Hey, having breakfast with Brian Wardle today." Because they do a team hotel and they have events with the school, with their alumni people, with the chancellor or president, with the athletic director. With Motor City Madness. But no, they were doing specific events for every school at a building you know, where yeah. there was access. You might say, okay, we had a hotel block at Motor City or we had a hotel block at the Radisson, but there wasn't anything that would make you go, oh, if I go over there, I get something that I can't have sitting on my ass at home. And right. so I think I need to put all that together to say, what's the total experience? How do we, how do we get people to get up off their butt and drive four, five, six hours to Indianapolis? You need to give them something that they can't get at I, home. I, I will say I am more likely to take a weekend off and, and go to a tournament in Indianapolis than I am to take a weekend off and go to a tournament in Detroit. Not because I think Detroit is terrible, but because I know Indiana, Indianapolis is fun. Um, from well, years, lucky for I, you. I went, oh, I went to Butler every year, you know. <laughs> well, lucky for awesome. you, they're only going to play on Monday and Tuesday in Indianapolis, and you don't have yeah. to even have to take the weekend off. Yeah, I, well, I mean, being a car salesman, Saturday is not actually my weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah I, could, I could do it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Chad, let's book it. Let's do this. There you go. We'll, we'll go down well, there. Let's talk shit to if, people. If we qualify for the tournament, I'll go, but not unless we do. Oh, yeah, that's we... right. Since it's only going to be four damn teams, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be four damn teams. <laughs> I'm just. Well, even if it's eight teams like it is now, we, we're, we're not safe. So I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, when we do next year's fan battle royale on location. I would, oh. I, I'm 100% for that, by the way. Well, I would, um, I would be definitely down for that. Yeah, and I, act- I actually maybe, I actually maybe closer to Indianapolis next year than I am now. I so. thought, I thought that was for sure happening. What? I thought your move oh. was for sure happening. Uh, sorta. Yes, it okay. is still happening though. Later, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So, yeah, <laughs> anyways, so um, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very not uh, within the next uh, probably by by the beginning of 2020, I will be a a full blown Valparaisian. So that's oh be- man, I feel bad for you. Why am I the only one who likes that town? You guys suck. I don't know. I, I actually like that town quite a bit, and this was well, this was one of my arguments when I was talking when we were when they first did Motor City Madness mm-hmm. was I was pointing out that like think about Valparaiso, like you go to Detroit mm-hmm. and you're just some you're just some people in a city. Yeah. If 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 they if if it was in you know Valparaiso, yeah, and everybody was planning for Valpo, mm-hmm. and everybody spent the weekend at Valpo. Yeah, you'd have you. you they the wouldn't come town, back. Well, the oh. whole the whole town would have been about oh, us, yeah. about oh, the Horizon League tournament. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, part part of the problem with the format, law the the format forever, and one of the reasons why the neutral side tournament didn't work, was that we had a, you had a game on Tuesday, a Friday, Saturday, and then the Tuesday, which is what ESPN wanted, and ESPN you know still wants that Tuesday championship game. So whatever. But the point the point I'm, the point I'm making is that you have. By by do by spreading it out so much, that was why you didn't have everybody planning their weekend around going to Valparaiso and yeah. spending the whole time there. That wasn't a, you know that that was why people were the people weren't people weren't, you know, avoiding it because they didn't want to go specifically to Valpo. They would go to see their team wherever they were if they were real fans. It was just yeah. a matter of having something that you could you know, plan for. And that's where the neutral site does have a benefit, but for the neutral site to have a benefit, it's gotta be day a game every day for your team. Yeah. It's gotta be. So if they're going to be doing this tournament, it's going to be eight. And I swear to God, it better be 10 teams. Better, or, yeah. or if we, if whatever we add, well, however many teams we have in the horizon league next year, that's how many teams should be in the motherfucking tournament. Yeah. Yes. Did any of you guys see those uh, uh, quotes from Commissioner Lacrone uh, in Tony Paul's article? Like he made it sound like they were going to stick with eight teams, campus round for the first round, and then move to Indianapolis. I mean, then that's what at least... the fuck is the point of having? What is the point of having a neutral site tournament right. if it's you're going to play? Oh. Yeah, think about it. You have four games in the first round: eight, one, two, seven, all, all those. Four games in the first round. Mm-hmm. Two games in the second round, championship game in the third round. There are more games at the campus sites than there are at the actual Horizon League tournament That's true. Like venue. So what is the point of the tournament if you're not going to have a third day, that first day of four games in one day? That's the day where everybody spends the whole time around the arena and you get yeah. everybody mixing right. together. Yep. That Hold is on. the point of a neutral site tournament. And John LaCrone, if you're listening, I know you hate my guts, and that's fine because the feeling is mutual. But you know what? Make if you're gonna do eight teams or you're gonna do ten teams, or you're gonna, you know, add a Poughkeepsie State and the University of, you know, Rio <laughs> de Janeiro to the conference. Oh sorry, Poughkeepsie State for if you're gonna, if, yeah. Yes. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that. If you're gonna do that, put them all in the tournament so all everybody gets set sets their time. Yeah. Because here, here, I, I'm I'm from a team that sucked this year, that has sucked for a couple of years. You want a fan like me to plan for an, for the Horizon League tournament to go and spend my time and take the time off ahead of time? You better make sure that I have a game to watch my team at at the at the arena. Because if, I agree because entirely. If there's, if there's no game. Then what's the point of me going? What's the point of me planning? And and if it's and if you have a one through eight, yeah, then you're not saying no. Hey, fan of number nine and number ten team, don't plan. You're saying hey, everybody who's a fan of a team that could possibly finish nine or ten, don't plan around here. So really, you're looking at teams seven through ten, not having fans at the game because. Their fans aren't aren't planning a whole trip, or at least they're not making it for the whole tournament. You need to make you need to make it so people want to go and they want to go for maybe the whole thing, but you, you, you have to make it. So everybody's got a reason to get there in the first place. Yeah. I, as, if Milwaukee 
blows out in the first round and we finish last in the conference in the regular season, but I know that I'm going to have a tournament, I will make sure that I will be there with my Horizon League flag waving right away next year. That's a, that is a promise that if you if you open it up to every team that I will make sure that I'm there for the entire tournament, whether or not we lose in the first round. That's one fan. That's double the amount of fans that were there for the <laughs> LCA for every game last year. I mean, the nice thing about having everybody together is that you know for sure, like you said, that everybody booked their trip to, to down to Indy. So that it doesn't matter where your team falls. And to me, I think I would rather forego that home game in the first round to just still be able to book it regardless. And to know, too, that your women's team and your men's teams at least going to have one game down at Indy. And I would wonder, okay, LCA obviously trimmed it because they wanted less days. But with this new stadium, I would hope that we would have a little bit more wiggle room to throw two or three extra days on the calendar. It doesn't seem like it does, though. It sounds like they you – know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they, they're going to – it just doesn't seem like they're going to do it. That. It sounds like they're still just going to do the, the two days. Yeah. Which, are, I mean, they, that was in the press release. But I think one of the things that we're missing here as fans, like I agree with Anthony, I agree with Jimmy, like – I, I'm going to be there regardless of Green Bay's playing, but one of the things that we have to think about, what happened this year with this format? The higher seeds won. The higher, the better teams got to the semifinals. The better teams got to the finals. And what does the league want? They want their best team. team in the end. They want their best team in the tournament. So I think the momentum to do what you know Jimmy's talking about and what Anthony's talking about isn't there at the Horizon League office because they're looking at it going, great, we had our one and two seeds playing in the championship game, and Finally. we got one of our best teams to the tournament. Finally. One, one out After of four years. years. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had to disagree. The end result was still the same as it always is, though. So, I mean, does it really make that much of a difference? Well, the, co- the, co- the, the strength of the conference – can be built around the tournament. And that's part of the reason why guys like me got so fucking angry with it in the first place is because the previous format was a big part of how the horizon league got elevated to what it is. I don't need to go through it all, but Milwaukee's sweet 16 may not have happened. They won their championship game in 05 by one point against Detroit in the title game. It's not a crazy idea to think that we would have lost and had a second straight year in the NIT in 2005. It's not a crazy idea. For, so let me uh, ask you this. For, for, Butler, for, for Butler, in 2000, you know, maybe they would have lost a seed line had so they lost ask- in the tournament. And so- that could have hurt them, and they may have not gone to the Final Four in the national title game twice, two, two years in a row. So... I'm just saying the format was was good because it allowed the success. This format will build. I mean, these programs got better partly because they could say, "Well, you win the conference tournament, you get to sleep in your own bed, you get to have your home tournament." You should see this place when there's when there's a lot of people. And when you come back to it after all of this and, and all of the neutral site versus home site talk, the fact of the matter is is that when we have the championship game at the Joe and then the LCA every single year, you were talking about cordoned off sections. You're talking about sparse, mostly sparse crowds. And you were talking about uh, something that looked like shit on TV. If you go through the entire arena, you go through the previous forever. And whether you're talking about Hinkle or you're talking about the arc or whether you're talking about at in 2014 at the Nutter center in, in Fairborn, or you're talking about the, any of the times at the, at the uh, what is now Panther arena in Milwaukee, 
or even like the semifinals at Green Bay in 2014. Every single one of those places was packing the shit out of their out of their buildings. Every single one of those places was packed and it looked great on television. The Horizon League looked like it was a big time conference. That was why you did the home site tournament. So if we're going to do a neutral site tournament, we better make sure that we're going to be we better make sure that we're getting the conference better to the point where people want to go to the tournament because there's a reason that Arch Madness works is because the NBC is a conference with a lot of tradition. All of those schools have been in Division One for a lot longer than most of us. Mm-hmm. We we got in Division One in 1990. You know, I mean, Cleveland State has not. Cleveland State, did you guys? When did you guys get into Division One? God, uh, probably the late 70s, early 80s, probably. We Something were like in that. Division One for the '70s, then we dropped out and then came back in '90. But like, obviously, Oakland's Oakland's what '97, '98, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of these schools are like that, where they were '80s or '90s. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are. Oh, Northern Kentucky was it 2008, 2009? Yeah, jumping um, up to Division they, 2012, I believe. Yeah, that was really later than that. Yeah. Okay. We don't. So 2009 was when they built the Bank of Kentucky, now BB&T. The, 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 the point I'm making is this, is that the MVC is street, steeped in tradition. They've had fathers who could raise children to be fans of Bradley and UNI and Southern Illinois and all these schools where they, they have this tradition. So kids grow up fans of those schools. And, they, when and because most of those MVC schools are the only show in town, most of them do very well for attendance compared to the rest of us. And there's a reason that Wright State does better in attendance than most of the Horizon League. It's because in Milwaukee, I can choose to go to a brew, uh, you know, I can, I can, well, not a brewer game during the basketball season, but I can choose to go to an Admirals game, or I can choose to go to a Bucks game, or I can choose to go to a concert that, of, a, of a, you know, a band that's a nas- you know, nationally well-known band or something, or I can, there's a lot of stuff to do in Milwaukee. There's a lot of stuff to do in Cleveland. There's a lot of stuff yeah. to do in most of the horizon league cities and in, in, in Dayton Fairborn, you're second to UD and that's it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a reason that you've got that. There's a reason the right state averages more. So there's more fans that are connected strongly to the programs. So there's more fans who are willing to make that trip to a neutral site, like an arch madness for, so for, for Milwaukee and for most of the horizon league, the neutral site tournament just does not it doesn't make sense. Do I want it to make sense? Absolutely. Do I love the idea of spending like a Friday night through a Tuesday night in a city, like whether it be Indy or even Detroit? Yeah. I love the idea of doing that, but I know that it's, it's not going to be the experience that I want it to be because there ain't going to be anybody around the fucking place. So let me ask you this. And let me, let me ask you this. I mean, um, I, I think we can all objectively agree the last couple of years of the Horizon League have not been great, um, top to bottom. It looks like it's getting better as the as the Horizon League actually gets better. I'm I I I am of the opinion that I think the Horizon League, as a whole, top to bottom, is going to be a much better league next year. As the as the teams within the Horizon League improve. Do do you, we is there a possibility that we that the league starts revisiting what they how they perceive or how they want the tournament structured? Because if you got a, I mean, because honestly, if you got a much better, if you have a much better conference as a whole, top to bottom, um, 
they do themselves a disservice by you know the exclusivity of the current format. I, I think Lacron is constantly looking at the format, and I think most of the time that's not good, and I think some of the times it is. So I, I would say yes, he's always going to be looking at changing the tournament if he thinks it's going to make it better. Well, one of the things I think for the league, we this year was a really good example. We went back to the fan battle in the fall. I said the league was going to get better, and I think they yeah. did. However, what we saw this year is the bottom of the league lifted. You know, we didn't have five teams in the RPI bottom 50. You know, we got all of our teams in the top 300 of the net. But the top of the league is really soft right now. If you look at our best teams, Northern Kentucky and Wright State, they're coming in in the Ken Palm between, you know, 95 and 117, and in the net between 115 and 150. It, whereas like the SOCON, the Atlantic Sun, the OVC, they had two or three or four teams in some cases that were in that top 75 of the criteria. So we need the top of our league now to do its part because the bottom, we're down to not having any, well, sorry, Milwaukee, we're down to having no other shitty teams <laughs> in our league. Yeah, but, I mean, and, and hell, I will say this. Um, I, I think I, I, looking at the transfers that we have coming eligible, I think we're going to be a lot better team. We may yeah. still be like eighth or ninth or tenth, even tenth in the conference, but I think we're going to be a lot better. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head that the the top of the league needs to get better. Yeah, I think I think I think you, you you hit a home run with that with that line. It's one hundred percent accurate. And where I what feel I, confident though yeah. is that if you look at the first and second team all conference teams, eight of the ten players on that list, if I did my math right, are coming back. Like in yeah. the past, I felt like we were losing all of our best players all the time, mm-hmm. and now we're at a spot where okay, we got a little bit better. And most of those players, with the exception of like McDonald and Cohen, are the guys that I was thinking of. Yeah. And um, and Antoine Davis, if you read the rumors about o, from OU Grizz talk, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, all of those guys are coming back. And yeah. there's an opportunity, hopefully, for the top of the league then to start to to you know lift up and get into that top 75 in the in the different metrics. Yeah. Um, one, well, thing, one thing I'll say, there were a lot of Northern Kentucky fans who were like, you know, get ready, uh, get room on the Horizon League Mount Rushmore for Drew McDonald. And I'm sitting there thinking, when I was a oh. senior, or like like when I was a college, Drew McDonald wouldn't even be first team All Horizon League. Yeah, I, I'd hold off on that a little bit. Uh, that that well, so this horizon, is my point. That, is that Horizon Drew... League Mount Rushmore is, uh, yeah, that that's that's steeped in there. There's well, there's I, plenty of names on there you want to put on Northern there. Kentucky fans. You may hate me for saying this, but not on, not only am I saying that Drew Drew McDonald wouldn't be on the Horizon League Mount Rushmore of players. I'm saying that Drew McDonald wouldn't be in like the top 40 of that conversation or top 50 of that conversation. So that this, this is indicative of a conference that has gotten a lot weaker at like overall, yes, it's getting better, but that's because we were what, like 27th in the RPI a couple of years ago. Like we had nowhere to go, but up. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, I thought uh, Drew McDonald was uh, James, whatever his name was, from South Dakota School of the Mines that you guys had like 10 years ago. Jimmy Jimmy Ayers? I thought they were the same same guy this whole time. I I was like, how do you get four more years of eligibility? Jeter Jeter used to – he told this joke to me once. He said that – you know, or that wasn't Jeter. It was uh, one of the assistants that said this this joke that, you know, he – he was known as Jimmy Ayers everywhere, and then he got here, and there was already you, so we called him James. And I was like, 
you're just buttering me up. He's like, yeah, because you're a gullible idiot. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, yeah, it's it, but that's uh, for that, that's true. The whole, you know, the, again, you, you look at that uh, that uh, you know the the All Horizon League teams, um, uh, up to it, including Jimmy. The uh, the Horizon uh, Roundtable presents the third team. Got to throw that out there. Um, we should have a third those, team all conference. I mean, yeah, we that's right. So we're gonna do this next year too. We're gonna do the since they're not gonna do a third team, we'll do the third team. And this time maybe we'll be able to count. But yeah, I love but, that idea. Let's do that as part of like the live the live horizon roundtable, like like uh you know, battle royale at the tournament. We can yeah, like let's have fun with it. Yeah. Like, I think this is great. We can pick all three teams. You know, first team, second team, third team. We can pick yeah. an all defensive team, yeah. all name team. Skylar Quisenberry. <laughs> but, oh my god! So the but yeah, you look at the but uh, yeah, you look at those the top players that have been recognized by in the conference this last year, and you see it's it's a youth movement right now. I mean, you know, for as much as I've gotten beaten the head about how young Cleveland State's team is, of like okay, and they'll be better next year, and I don't doubt they will be better next year. I don't doubt that they won't be better next year. I think they will be. So is everybody else. And, you know, and I think realistically, you, you may, I mean, and we saw this year, we had such a log jam in the middle of the conference standings for so long during the, during, you know, during January and February. I don't see that going away. I see that, I see this conference being very competitive with each other. I think the big thing with the conference next year is not so much about how competitive the conference is during the conference schedule, which I think it's going to be. I don't have, I have no doubt about that. I think the question is then going to be, what do they do outside of that? That's going to, you know, kind of bring everything kind of to the fore, because um, I think that's, that's going to be the key. I think there are, you know, the competitiveness I think is there already within the conference. I think outside of the conference is going to be kind of the key part of that too. So that well, those top teams that are down in the nets that, or that have been down in the net for a couple of years now, get to further climb their way up the net. And so there's a little bit more, uh, the top is a little stronger than it has been over the past couple of years. Well, I think the goal needs to be for, from a conference standpoint, we got to get the conference back to where the 12, a 12 seed is the worst that our yes. winner gets because yes. we're never going to, we're never going to see any wins in the tournament again until we get back to that point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's so it's all about figuring out how to get to that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the key that I think that's absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think that's going to be the biggest part of that right there. And again, it, it's, it, it's about that. It's about those top teams, not only performing within conference, but outside of the conference as well. I think uh, honest, that's going to be honest, the, the, honestly, the big thing. Um, the thing, the, the thing that I keep coming to when I think about like the, the tournament specifically mm-hmm is I feel I feel as though the Horizon League has this opportunity to use it for recruiting. Yes. Um, and why did why did Loyola get into the Missouri Valley? They got better facilities, 
it wasn't their success. We all kicked the shit out of them yeah, for years. It's true. They were they were a punching bag in our conference. If they, you know, for for a very long time, they were they were basically like they were barely what they were right this year. Like their team, like they're like eight eight eighth seed, seven seed. Like that's usually where they were fitting. Yeah. So it wasn't success. Part of it was facilities, and the other part of it is where they were. The Missouri Valley is not in Chicago. They wanted to get into Chicago. And that was something that was was, show, was told to me by a couple Horizon League coaches, one in Milwaukee, uh, actually three Horizon League coaches, one in Milwaukee, one at a, at another uh, one of the school that's also now in the MVC, and then another assistant uh, at one of the Ohio schools. I won't say which. Um, but every one of those guys, when Loyola got into the Missouri Valley, I'm like, well, what? how the hell did they get in the conference? And I asked that of a lot of people and every single one, all, all three of those guys said to me, well, look, the Missouri Valley wants to recruit Chicago. Loyola's in Chicago uh-huh. and Loyola has potential. So they want a school that's going to get them, you know, get them into the Chicago recruiting class more and more. And to what I think is, where is our benefit of moving our conference tournament from Detroit to Indianapolis when we could be moving a conference tournament to Chicago and putting ourselves directly in that recruiting bed, which no other conference besides the big 10 plays its conference tournament in Chicago. Uh We're going to Indianapolis where the big 10 also plays its conference tournament every now and then. Uh And a lot of conferences do a lot of things in Indianapolis because it's such a nice setup for tournaments, like, you know, you know, postseasons and tournaments and, you know, congregation of sports, but a lot of that's centered around Kinseco or bankers life field house. And a lot of that's centered around basically like the downtown area, which is not where the farmer's Coliseum is farmer's Coliseum's out by the state fair. If I'm looking at trying to improve the horizon league across the board, I look at going to the Sears center outside Chicago, which is home to the windy city bulls in the G league and nothing else. There's what about no... the all state. Yeah. Well, the all state, here's the thing about the all state is that it's currently home to like, uh, DePaul's out of it, but now Northwestern's in it for a year. Obviously no, that's not going to last. The, uh, like, uh, like I said, that's not going to last, yeah. but all state arena seats 14,000. Ooh. Whereas Sears Center seats 6,000. Oh, okay. And it's about 10 minutes further away that, from downtown than uh, Rosemont Horizon, the Allstate Arena is. So there's really not – it's 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 also out in almost the suburbs of Chicago, but it's close to the O'Hare Airport like the Allstate Arena is. So people who are flying in can get there easily. There's plenty of parking everywhere. There's plenty of things to do around the, the space. But really, you can go into a recruit's house in Chicago, which, by the way, is the biggest recruiting hotbed in the entire Midwest. Yep. It always has been. It always will be. It's a population center. The Chicago Public League, the the you know the North Shore, all, all those all those players that and and every one of us can think of players from chicago that have done big at our schools right yeah i was say hey jimmy i hate your idea because at green bay we thrive off of chicago-based players so you guys get your <laughs> get your grubby hands off get our recruits hands off of our- <laughs> go back to columbus go back to 
Grand Rapids. Is, you go get your players where you get them yeah. from. Okay, thank yeah. you. This is this is my point. Is that you're not the only. I mean, you've done a lot there. Wardle yeah. did it. Kowalczyk did it. Now Darner's doing it, and that's fine. But there's there's enough that we could get ten schools that could all benefit from recruiting Chicago players. Yeah. Because now we can all go, you know, we would all be able to go into those living rooms and say, Hey mom, dad, not only are we playing at UIC every year. So you get to see that, but you would be able to get to see your kid in the conference championship and stay in your own bed at home. Yeah. And not have to worry about driving five hours or four hours to get to where you need to go. Like you can stay in your Obviously, own bed. This oh, is a yeah. big deal to have family and friends to be able to see you play. Chicago and the Sears Center should have been a close, you know, a real. And maybe the Allstate Arena is like a, a backup, but I think the Allstate Arena is too big. I think six thousand seats in Chicago. I think that if you get if yeah. you get some pretty highly 2014, 2014, take this. Green Bay did a great job hosting the first couple rounds, the, the quarterfinals and semifinals, and obviously Wright State did a great job in Dayton for the tournament. And we loved it. Chad and I loved that tournament for, for you know, just the – I just bet you guys love that one. The ambiance, the atmosphere. Hey, we I loved met it. Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, we did. And we had the most awkward 20 seconds with Mike McCarthy ever. Yep. We like, we're like, hey, how's the team looking next year? He's like, pretty good. And then we're like, okay. And then we like stood there for like ten seconds. We're like, okay, bye, coach. It was pretty well, bad. We were drunk though, so there yeah, we were, we were we were we were blitzed. Was that? Yeah, that was the semifinal. So, anyways, think of that 2014 tournament. Uh-huh. If that had been played at a neutral site at the Sears Center in Chicago, Kiefer Sykes is from Chicago. Does Kiefer Sykes not count for a few hundred people on his own coming yeah. to see him in the conference tournament? Th- think of every player that you've had on your teams that's come from Chicago. All of those guys would have had a lot of people. I mean, it would have been like a Chicago party. Honestly, yep. I don't know why the, the league office is in Indianapolis anymore. It should be in Chicago. And I understand that the conference tournament's going to Indianapolis because John LaCrone doesn't want to pay for hotel rooms for his staffers. Like that's, I mean, isn't it obvious that why they would do that, why they would fly into the face of their own set rules of not having uh, the home, the home arena of a team in the conference as, as a, you know, a potential home site for the tournament. Well, one of the things that's about that though, is to save cash. Well, but there's that. And if you, now that we know who else bid on this thing, it actually ended up being probably the best alternative. I mean, the other finalists were Fort Wayne and Grand Rapids. That's well, really not that great. Well, right. But if if Northern Kentucky, like they said, if Butoff said, if they knew that they could have put the BBNC Arena on there, that would have been the better tournament. Huh. So. In any in a, in any case, my my point is that the, the Sears Center in Chicago gives you an opportunity to build the build the strength of the conference through recruiting, because you can say, hey, not only are we playing one home one game there every year, we may be playing as many as five games there in a conference tournament setting. So, yeah. so well, you know, just throw it out there. So, well, uh, keep that in mind for twenty twenty three because that's the earliest they're going to even be able to do anything with this. So. 
All right. So uh, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and close out this uh, second part of the uh, second annual Fan Battle Royale. Gentlemen, um, I thank you all for uh, participating in this. We had a good time. We had a lot of uh, great discussion here. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, as always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable at sportshacks.com, H-A-X.com. And you can find us uh, wherever podcasts are available. And, of course, you can find us on your uh, Amazon or Google uh, Google devices. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, thank you all for listening. Stop.